This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is August 23rd, 2023. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. My name is Jessica Weisensell. I was at WRHU from um, the fall of 2004 to the spring of 2008. Okay. And what shows and programs did you work on? Um, so I kind of did a little bit of everything as far as music was concerned um, in my later years, just because I was the music director and on the executive board. So I kind of um, filled in wherever was needed at times, mm-hmm. especially like during the summer. Um, but I definitely remember being on uh, the Jazz Cafe, Rock and Roll Oasis, and Airwave. And I also did um, Hofstra's Morning Wake Up Call and Newsline. Okay. A little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, did you work on any of the weekend programs or community volunteer shows? Uh, no, I didn't. I remember, um, you know, when they had their marathons and, and doing that, um, if they were, you know, trying to raise money, but I, I didn't do any of those shows on a regular basis. Okay. What were the titles and positions that you had at the station? So, um, I was the morning show producer, but I was actually only for like one semester because, um, at least at the, the time that I was there, you know, they wanted, uh, students to do jobs based on the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I remember Bruce like talking about how, you know, if somebody's in their final semester, they're, they're like checked out <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and ready to leave. Um, so they didn't, you know, want the station to suffer because of that. So, I know I did um, the morning show like at the beginning of 2006, but then I actually went home for the summer. Um, so they ended up like having somebody local take on that role when I left. And then um, I was the music director for 2007. Okay. Um, when you were on the air, did you have any nicknames or personas that you used? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. Um, so I like to ask, this as a two part question and please answer however it makes sense to you, but what was it that first brought you to Hofstra radio? And then if you could describe what it was like when you got there, maybe people that you met or what it looked like or what it smelled like, what was happening when you first arrived? Um, so I guess just coming to the station was kind of a fluke. Um, I, I'm from Ohio and I was looking at like, you know, out of state schools and, um, Hofstra was the furthest (laughs) school that I had looked at. Um, but my mom is actually from Locust Valley. And, um, so I still had like family in the area. So even though, you know, I decided to, to leave, it wasn't that big of a deal just because I had, um, you know, family and cousins like still in the area. Um, so then I remember like being at orientation, like an orientation weekend and, um, they had, uh, like a dance one night and I, there must've just been a bunch of, you know, student groups there, uh, looking to have people sign up and I just randomly, you know, signed an application and, thought, you know, that might be something interesting to do. And I, I didn't really think about it that much. Um, and then when I got back to school, you know, for the actual school year, 
I must have just received a phone call or something and said, hey, can you come in for an interview? Um, and so that's the start. It was nothing planned by any means. Mm. Um, During that, that initial orientation, did you get a tour of campus? Did you see the station or was it just uh, at, the, at the dance that you filled out this yeah. application and kind of forgot it? Well, I know that I um, had done uh, even like a campus tour when I was still just deciding like where to even go to college. Um, so I remember like walking through the School of Communications because I definitely wanted to do something there. I, I was, for whatever reason, like really set on, um, I, w- I thought I was going to go into print media. So I, I, I like I knew that I wanted to see that school specifically. So I'm sure I saw it, but I don't like nothing is memorable about that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's just sort of passing through along with all the other buildings. It's, oh, there's a radio station here. There's TV. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of acknowledging that it was there. Um, right. Were, were you thinking of, of studying communications or were you undecided? Where, what was your head at? Um, yeah, I knew that I wanted to do something in communications. I mean, I ended up, um, declaring mass media studies, which is like the most general, Mm -hmm. um, communications degree that you could get. So I kind of did a little bit of everything, like all of the requirements I had to do, um, you know, an AV class, a TV class, uh, like speech comm. So I kind of was just, um, exposed to like all of the different aspects of communications through that degree. Okay. So you went in very open-minded and and not necessarily set on one thing. And then you Mm -hmm. get this call that there's an interview process. Do you remember anything about that? Um, I remember, you know, just going down to the station. I, I know Bruce was in my interview and Alicia Batnelli, and then I, I'm pretty sure um, Alina Florescu was the third person. Um, I don't really remember much about, you know, the interview and, you know, what they asked me. Um, I This was kind of like a random side story, I guess. I remember actually being a senior and um, just being there in the office, and, and I don't remember if Bruce was – like already in the process of cleaning his office or just like archiving stuff. But for whatever reason, we, whoever was there, like asked to see those notes, like from those initial interviews. (laughs) And I don't remember like exactly what he wrote, but it was extremely vague. (laughs) Just like, Uh Oh, she, she'd be fine. (laughs) Like not anything stellar. Like, Oh yeah, we need to have her. It's just like, yeah, she'd be like, like it was a filler or something like she, she could be in the class. So, I I mean, I laughed about it at the time, like as, as I was like leaving and had done so much, but I remember just like, Oh, okay. That, that, I guess that was, I didn't give off a really great, like first impression apparently. But, but it wasn't, you know, definitely not this one. I'm sure there were some yeah, it's, that, you know, do not call back. Or <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I guess I should be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't know how many interviews he was doing at the time, but I'm sure it was dozens of them. And uh, we, we all want to be uh, the one that's that's marked with a gold star or something like that. But I imagine <laughs> it's a pretty tedious process when you're in the middle of doing that. Yeah. And so you do this interview <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they invite you to um, the 
training class. Do you remember anything about that or some of the people who were in the class with you? Um, yeah, I, I think, um, if I remember correctly, I think AJ Hall was in my class and, um, Shannon Bennett. Um, those are the only two that like stand out for me. Um, I don't really remember anything like crazy happening. I remember, you know, it was an evening class and it was once a week. So it was, it was a long class. And I think, um, you know, Bruce probably explained at the beginning, you know, you're basically taking a college course, but you're not getting credit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, like, by the end, you had to, you know, do so many of like the training hours in the studio on top of that class. So it, it was definitely like a good amount of time um, to, to do that and not get credit. Um, and then I, you know, I remember obviously Bruce's like famous speech about sleep mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it was just a big deal to have an FCC license. And, and I don't remember if this was like in the training class or maybe just like right after, um, you know, first starting, like just hearing that it was possible, you know, for somebody to just be, you know, driving along some some big executive or something you know driving and in long you know on long island or something and they they might hear you like just the possibility of of that i think was um probably just like eye-opening like wow this is this is pretty cool like this this is a big deal Hmm. this is real broadcasting this isn't Mm -hmm. just for fun this is a a real working radio station that that Mm -hmm. made an impression on you Mm -hmm. um Speaking as someone who you know wasn't necessarily planning on going into radio, I've talked to a number of people who are like, "Yes, I was one hundred percent invested. I wanted to do this. It didn't matter how intense this this class was." Was there ever a point in taking this class where you're like, "This is an awful lot of work. I don't know if I want to put in the time," or or did you get invested pretty quickly? No, I don't. I don't remember having that um, feeling. I yeah, I think I'm. I must have just you know, thought it was worth it. Hmm. Um, do you remember getting into the, into the studio and, and doing your tracking hours? Do you remember anything that you learned or being impressed with the technology? What were your early impressions uh, of the station? Um, I, I mean, I was probably like overwhelmed, I guess, mm-hmm. um, just because everything with the board. And then I remember like just to the right of that, you know, you've got like multiple CD players and that you could even play like albums and you could do cassettes like if you still wanted to. So um, that was probably overwhelming, uh, just like trying to have that planned out and and making sure that like everything um, ran smoothly. And, you know, you've got, um, you know, the, the two... I think I, I don't ever remember playing, you know, albums or cassettes or anything. Obviously, um, I think I use CDs the most, but just like having those two machines like going at the same time. Um, but I don't remember, you know, like necessarily um, tracking with like the same person over and over because I like them or anything like that. I think I kind of did, um, a, you know, a broad spectrum of that too, just like whatever kind of lined up with my schedule at the time. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Um, so you go through the class, you, you pass the test, mm-hmm. and 
you're cleared to go on the air. Do you remember getting behind the mic or behind the board the first time? And if not the specific time, do you remember any of your feelings or your expectations about getting on the air? Um, I don't really have like any, you know, vivid memories of that. I'm sure I was um, nervous. <laughs> uh, I'm sure everyone was. Um, I remember, I'm pretty sure like my first, um, you know, solo slot was the jazz cafe and it had nothing to do with, you know, liking jazz or anything. I think it was just something that like needed to be filled and it worked with my schedule at the time. Um, I remember like going into the office and uh, there's this, you know, huge whiteboard of like the entire schedule, like every show. And um, everyone's name was, you know, filled in for what they were, whatever show that they were doing. And um, I think like, if I remember correctly, you didn't even have to do a show every week. I think it was like, it was just a minimum, like every other week for whatever reason. And so that whole board was even like color coded by what, you know, what week we were on or, or what, you know, how that worked, but. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I guess there were, there were so many people that wanted to be on the air that had to sort of share the shifts. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, so you get on the air and you get this, this jazz cafe shift where were you, uh, did you have any familiarity with the music? Were you just kind of winging it? What was your process for, for getting used to that? I was, I was definitely winging it. <laughs> um, I know, uh, you know, the, um, on the CDs, like there'd be, uh, a sticker and it's kind of have like a description of the artist or whatever. And, um, like suggested tracks. And, and the only reason I'm, I guess, really remember that is because as when I was a music director, like I had to deal with that. Like I had to write all of that or I'd give it to a show producer and say, Hey, can you listen to this and, and suggest music and that sort of thing. So, um, and a lot of that came from like promotional companies anyway. I mean, they were, right. would push specific songs and, and that sort of things, or you could use like their description of the artist if you just, you know, didn't have time and, and, and didn't have the, capacity because you're just getting so many cds all the time right right so so you're figuring out your 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 way through this and what the music is and getting used to being behind the board was there a moment was there a light bulb moment where you thought okay i'm i'm really comfortable doing this i feel good about this or was it just sort of gradual getting used to being behind the board i think it was kind of a gradual thing but also um i just because of my work on the the morning show for a while, I think you're just exposed to more airtime with that. I mean, nobody wants to get up and be on the morning show like as an 18 year old. So when you when I had that opportunity, um, when I first started, I was just doing, uh, you know, like news updates, whatever it was every half an hour or something. And then um, eventually, like I ended up you know, co-hosting a show with, with other people and that sort of thing. So, um, I think just that, and even Newsline, um, just having the opportunity to speak more that probably, um, helped obviously just was like, once I was also doing the, my own music slot as well, and just being more comfortable on the air. Sure. That makes sense. So in, in getting involved with the morning show, was that, 
you know, you mentioned getting up early and, and that's, that's not real exciting for a lot of uh, college students, but were, were, was that something that you pursued or did someone say, Hey, you know, we've got this opening or, you know, are you interested in doing this? How did you get involved there? Um, man, I don't remember that. I, they might've just asked me. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't remember like volunteering for that or anything. I, I was, maybe I was doing like newsline first and they just asked me to to then do morning show. I'm, I'm not, I don't really remember. Okay. But then, but then suddenly you're getting up every day and going in and getting your reps and getting your airtime. It wasn't even, I would say every day. Um, Cause I think we had different crews basically like for each day, you know, Monday through Friday. So it was probably okay. once, once a week. Um, you know, maybe if somebody needed a, a fill in, it was another day, but yeah, it, it wasn't like five days a week. Okay. That's not too bad then. Yeah. Easier way into it. Um, you've mentioned some names, but who are the people who were helpful in your in your first couple of years at Hofstra Radio that helped you get uh, socially comfortable or get used to being on the air? Um, I'm I'm sure Ed, you know, was helpful um, just because of his involvement with the news, um, you know, and, and so in, in being involved in those shows. I, I can't really remember, I guess, any students specifically um, that might have really gone out of their way. I mean, I'm sure the executive board at that time did just because they're so involved and like there all the time. Um, I want to say it was probably Andrew Falzone who would have been the station manager at the time, like Mm -hmm. during my training class. And I think Alicia um, was like personnel director. So, um, you know, I'm sure the two of them were just around and always able to, to answer questions. Hmm. Um, for a lot of us, we start hanging out at the station and going in and helping out and doing a shift. And then there's a moment where you're there between classes, you're there before class, you're there after class. It becomes a big part of your social life. Was, mm-hmm. was there a moment again where you thought, okay, this is my people, this is where I'm going to be? Or was it just sort of a gradual, this is where I'm spending my time? Um, I think that was kind of a gradual thing. I... I don't really remember um, spending a ton of time there like that, whatever, second half of my freshman year and maybe even the fall of my sophomore year, um, you know, just at least like between classes. Obviously, you know, I showed up for my shift and, and I did what what I had to do, but I don't really remember um, spending a lot of time there in between classes. I think that just kind of gradually, uh, you know, came as I just you know, became more familiar with everybody that was there. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you decide you're going to apply for other positions and you become music mm-hmm. director. That's a big investment of time. Was there, was there a conversation or a series of events that led you to say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue uh, some of these, these upper positions and I'm going to spend more time here. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really remember. I think it was just kind of like a, a natural thing. Like you're here all the time. You should be a leadership, you know, in a leadership position. Um, I, it, yeah, it's possible. It was like a conversation with Bruce or John who pushed me to do that. I, I, I really don't remember. Mm-hmm. But, but suddenly you're, you're in, like you said, in charge of all these new CDs that are coming in and you've got to make sure that they get to the right producers. And so this, this is a, this is a big investment of time. And, and I'm just trying to draw 
uh, you know, a, a line of, of activity here. If you, you, you show up and you're not sure what it is and you invest the time in the class and now, now you're really involved in your music director and you're doing all these big things. So that, that mm-hmm. must've been, uh, um, a big shift from, from where you started to where you wound up being. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about those early days at Hofstra radio, as you're getting, uh, into the class and, and, uh, listening to Bruce's speech and, and things like that. Um, what did you think Hofstra radio would mean to you in those early days and what did it become for you? Um, well, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure like what I was thinking at the time, just because, uh, when, you know, when I first started, just because it wasn't my, um, you know, my, my major or anything, you know, it wasn't really, uh, a big part of my curriculum or anything, but, um, obviously it was just a whole, a very big part. And even just like a focal point in the school of communications, just with its, you know, location and space. So, um, it, it definitely, yeah, it grew into a huge part of my life. Um, I even ended up like doing, um, internships through people that like helped me get that position from people from the radio station. So Mm. internships and jobs, like I worked, um, for CBS radio, like my senior year as well. So, uh, it, it definitely, you know, changed a big part of who I was. Um, and, I was probably thinking originally that maybe it was also just like a place to meet people too. I mean, I, I didn't know anybody, nobody from my high school went to Hofstra. Um, so just being, you know, hours away and not knowing anyone and not really, I mean, I had been to Long Island before just because of family, but I didn't know anything about Hempstead. And so probably just, um, also like a, you know, a social aspect of just, just meeting new people at school. Yeah, that's that's got to be hard for uh, for someone who who doesn't know anybody on campus. So many of us mm-hmm. were commuter students, or at least grew mm-hmm. up in the area, and you might have a connection from this or that. But you're you're brand new on campus, and 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 you don't know anybody, and then suddenly you've got this class on top of your other classes, and little by little you're more and more involved. So that's a uh, that's a great story. That's a that's a that's a really nice journey to hear about. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to share your stories. Um, I have some more questions, and I'm hopeful that you have some more stories to share. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Thank you.